0: Welcome to Design Thinking Games, a fantasy and user experience podcast. Each episode, your podcast hosts, Tim Broadwater and Michael Schofield, will examine the player experience of board games, pen and paper role-playing games, live action games, mobile games, and video games. You can find every episode, including this one, on your podcatcher of choice and on the web at designthinkinggames.com.
1: One of the things I'd like to talk about is um something that's relevant as to when we're recording and releasing this episode specifically about uh Pride Month which is coming up in June 2021. Yeah. Uh, most people know this, but um you know, it was actually um President Bill Clinton in the United States of America um that declared June as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month, and that was back in 1999, which at this point is, oh my God, 22 years ago.
0: Uh oh my, <laughs> my I think feelings. so. Yeah, math,
1: right? Wow. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I actually, I didn't know that. Um, that Wild Bill instituted that. That that is a fact. I didn't know. Yeah, he declared 1999,
1: it. 1999, dang. Yeah, and he declared it. Um. In 99 and 2000. And then there was, of course, like a law, I think, in the George W. Bush presidency. But since Bill Clinton already said it, it was kind of like, you know, we're grandfathered in. (laughs) So it just kind of became that. Right. (laughs) Um, But then also, like in 2009, um, I think Barack Obama, uh, the president, you know, kind of brought that back up and officially declared it for you know, from 2009 to 2016. And then here recently, um, our president, Donald Trump, um, also acknowledged LGBT Pride Month in 2019, kind of going forward.
0: That was a surprising um, one.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's kind of stuck. But it, so in regards to that and, and Pride Month, and, you know, I think businesses and technologies, of course, you know, kind of jumped onto it. I don't know, um, uh, I have a a limited amount of experience with LGBT uh, characters and stories and games and I'm going to just say this first and foremost um you know the last of us 2 is probably one of the, oh, the most sure. famous characters um
0: um, well it's which, yeah it's relevant it's it's recent um you know I suppose like spoilers right for last of us and spoilers for probably probably not major spoilers for the games that we're talking about but that was also a highly politicized one too the yes. um that announcement was controversially received (laughs) right um to put it like politically right um
1: i think that there there's a lot of strong um feelings i think in the gamer community in regards to canon what's canon what's not you know an opinion on what can be this is inappropriate or whatever and so i know um like gaming as you're mentioning like with last of us 2 and the character uh The lead character, Ellie, being kind of gay, Mm -hmm. um, or lesbian, actually, not gay. Um, uh, that's controversy. And it makes me think, like, kind of keep going back to, uh, I guess female Ghostbusters and Black Stormtroopers and just, like, just changing, um, or progressing, you know, kind of a narrative or a fandom, you know, and kind of growing it into, like, a new kind of area. Um... Yeah, so the last of us 2 is definitely really controversial, I think.
0: Well, it's yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, it's uh like anything that displaces kind of like the the norm, right? sort of the status quo and especially and can be interpreted as a as an attack on a group's power and hegemony. Uh, you know, like all of these changes over the last let's let's like I'll just a couple decades now, especially um, as gaming has become increasingly mainstream. Reflect that, you know, adding um, adding gay relationships into Mass Effect, which, you know, the Legendary Edition as the time, at the time we recorded this came out uh, a couple weeks ago. And Mass Effect, uh, the first one, um, which highlighted the ability to have um relationships with your party members um introduced gay ones. And I remember at the time that was a big deal. It was on Fox News. <laughs> you know, it was uh it was one of these things. it was um, two thousand
1: and nine, right? Because two thousand
0: seven is when oh, Mass wow. Effect One came out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's uh Yeah, so but I think, you know, what for Last of Us, right? And and then Last of Us 2, I think what we see in Last of Us 2 is at least living with a female companion and a farm. They have mm-hmm. a child, you know, um, and, uh, and it's accepted in their community, which is this kind of rural, kind of mountain, kind of farming, kind of a community where everyone knows and, and no one has a problem with it, you know, and there's kind of both bisexuality and... Um lesbianism and and the community's okay with it. and and the way that it's treated to where it's just normal, it's not anything different, um, that it's just kind of, oh, this is just how this couple is. You know, that, I think, is what is refreshing to LGBT players and gamers um, when they kind of uh, experience that game. You know? I
0: imagine there's a spectrum, right? Where you know there's like a, spe- a spectrum between pandering and then representation, right? And I, and I I imagine the, you know, as a as a white cis hetero, <laughs> like you know, I'm I'm well represented, so I don't know what it is to be under, and but like I I've got to imagine there's. Like I said, this difference. Like you, you know, you can tell when, like, as a person, when you're being pandered to, and maybe, you know, early in, you know, like, like early in gaming history, pandering to was the best case scenario, the best one could ask for. Maybe pandering to was refreshing at that moment, but then, like to your point, like when, when it's just represented as normal where it's not even brought up as part of, like, the character story, right? Like, so when Mass Effect in 2007, um, which is, like, on top of mind, the Legendary Edition just came out, so I'm replaying it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of things that came out, you know, like, on one, like, the the lesbian relationships that you could form as femship and, um, and you know, like, you know, th- those could be argued as not being truly gay because the uh the asari um partner that you could form i mean their entire species is like female presenting right so so there there is no you know like gender distinction there which on one hand is really interesting too um on the other hand, like it was a huge, like, like, like highly sexualized thing, right? So, like, femshep, Shep, uh, so, like, in Mass Effect, you can play as a male shepherd or a female shepherd. Femme Shep is pretty hot, um, and like all of the female characters, like, throughout the Mass Effect series are, you know, designed, like, for the most part by like dude comic book artists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this, you know, thing where it's like, this is a, um like a like a like a fun like exploitative like perk especially when you compare that i i forget if it's possible in mass effect 3 but i'm pretty sure in mass effect 1 and 2 you can't have a male gay relationship mm. um and so in this case there's there's a degree of pandering there's a degree of um uh lgbt as as a feature as like a as as a perk and then you cross like the spec so so i don't know maybe it's more on the pandering end of the spectrum or on the exploitative end of the spectrum but then you go all the way um maybe i think to the other side where i think don't nods tell me why which is this game that is in the vein of like the life of strange series or even like telltale's walking dead this this kind of rejuvenation of these popular Mm -hmm. point-and-click narratives, choose-your-own-adventure type games where tell-me-why, you know, the main character is um, a trans man. Um, And it is a part of the narrative in the sense that, you know, that presents, you know, social obstacles for this character, but it's not the point of the story, like, at all. And um, it was the first time, you know, like, I can think of that in the game, but it was also done, I think, really respectfully and well, and and it was additive mm-hmm. to the game. It was super interesting. Put yourself in these shoes. Yeah, that's um,
1: interesting because you know, I I can't say much either. I am a white cisgender male homosexual, right? So I'm <laughs> I'm not that you know, uh, uh but I will say this: like, I think people respond to when it's just it's just. A story and it's just normal yeah you can't always lead though with like hey this is this new side scrolling action adventure and it's a gay plumber who's italian and he's saving you know if you led that way you know it's you're well this is one part of this character it's not it's not the whole thing you know
0: yeah i think that's I, i think that's the um the design challenge right because like right now the conversation is and you know i speak from the authority of having um I don't know, frankly, like associating with um, uh, many fragile male egos in my life, even currently, frankly, where the argument is uh, often put out there as regardless of its legitimacy. But this is how I hear it phrased most often is, um, oh, these people are trying to hit a diversity quota or Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, like because that. Uh, productized narratives and games or um, movies or series are a num a numbers game that you know they want to um in fact this is actually i think a pretty good argument but it's like they want to include more more diversity specifically to increase viewership or readership right but the um frankly that seems like a a great i a great reason to like, like to diversify like the narrative but the um the the slight there the unspoken slight is that this is insincere
1: one of the things to kind of note about what you said is that um there's franchises that oh this character maybe happens to be um gay in film or comic book or or what have you, and then when we make the game version of it, you know, do we include that or do we not include that? Mm-hmm. But then there's also, I think, this, we just see kind of a movement more towards not just main characters, but side characters and other characters in games that that are bisexual or lesbian or gay mm-hmm. and or um, or trans, and I, I think we start to see, like, characters that kind of show up in grand theft auto that are basically like here is um a construction worker or here is a police officer or here's a side quest right where it has like something about find my ex-boyfriend or or something of that nature and i think there is a uh i remember back to you know being like The first experience that I ever had of, like, a gay character in a game, and I don't even know which one it was, but it was one of the Sims versions, back when the Sims were on everything, and they just kept releasing Sims all the time. Like, Sims (laughs) Pool House Party, or Sims, like, Auto Show, or Pin, and they would just, like, keep giving you stuff that you can buy and, like, add on. Um, But I could remember that you could make, at a certain point, there was a time where you could actually make... Um, two people live together and do things together, and after enough time, they would—you could get them to buy gifts for each other and build affection. And then it was like, oh, I—I I can build a hood. You know, I could actually build like um, all of these different types of of relationships. I think it's great seeing characters that are um, of different diversities, uh, different—you know, just different stories in comic books, in movies, in series, in games. Mm -hmm. It's like just kind of what I think pride has become in general, maybe what people associate with it or what I think over 50 years, it's just become a call for diversity and inclusion, you know, and to celebrate that um, in the month of June.
0: It's been really cool to... To experience, it's been neat. Um, at first, it tells like a great story. So there's this one case where like um, did you ever play the game Gone Home?
1: This sounds familiar to me. For Gone some
0: Home reason. was um like for lack of a better term, it's called like a walking simulator. There's not even like a plot, arguably, and you are um I forget the name of the character, but you are a uh, first person um a a college student i think who returns home and the house is empty mom and dad are gone you have like a little sibling who's also gone it's stormy outside there's kind of a haunted house type of feel um the yeah. lights flicker every so often and you are wandering around this lived-in house, not perfectly clean, lots of papers everywhere, and you are... I don't know. You find a postcard and you read it. I, if I... I I think it's hard for me to figure out like what the game's about, and I think that was one of the arguments. There's this whole thing where like, ah, uh, Gone Home isn't a game; it is a walking simulator or whatever. But one of the things that you find here is that like as you as you go, as you kind of like um, through the outside in, you are basically looking through people's drawers, your own drawers, the drawers of your sibling, etc. Um, and you are, for all intents and purposes, this college student returned home. And you don't really discover until, you know, I don't know, like three hours in when you're digging through your own room or whatever, um, that uh, either you, I think you, I think, I think you're gay. The game lets you, like... Um, immerse like literally in the first person like these you know this um, totally other perspective it's one thing to play like as as like FemShep right in the third person over the shoulder view where Mm -hmm. you are piloting the character Um, and it's different um, when it's first person and you are
1: yeah I mean it it makes me think of just in regards to like hey everyone's experience is kind of different and so some people made out like I guess made fun of or everything for Facebook for a while. And, and I'm personally not on Facebook, but the fact that they could do all of these different type of relationship statuses, oh, all these yeah. kind of, um, you know, kind of, uh, different sexualities and different gender identifications. Um, I don't know. I don't think you, you played cyberpunk 2077. Um, no, um, but you, can, I, uh, yeah, you I basically can be non-binary. You can be transgender. Um, there's, is there,
0: um, is there like, can, is, is this like the first time? Uh, I meant like, uh, uh, can you think of other games that have given you that option? Like, at, well, at least at this AAA level?
1: That Vampire the Masquerades, I thought that they let you oh. choose your pronouns. I mean, essentially, like, like social media now allows you to kind of, if you fill out your profile as much as you want, mm. but we want to be, give everyone different options. And so, um, you know, I think. What I like about seeing this in Cyberpunk 2077 and uh, Vampire the Masquerade, it acknowledges and then lets you um, celebrate or live or experience, you know, kind of your diversity, right? And so the fact that, you know, there are uh, people who um, are in the world who all don't have the same experience, you know? There are people who are... um, attracted to people of the same sex or they do not feel like a man they feel like a woman inside or maybe they're in a relationship with two different people you know maybe they're in a poly relationship or you know maybe people are um non-binary that they feel gender fluid you know and i think we're starting to see a lot more of that in character creations and profiles you know and the way that players can express themselves um um, a lot of gamers now know themselves through Twitch streams and yeah. through Discord and through their online kind of profile. So it's very much like Ready Player One or Ready Player yeah. Two that you can kind of be, your avatar is whoever you can be. And why is it, why did, Why can't it be completely crazy or completely accurate? And why is it offensive to you? Or, you know, or maybe you're That's just...
0: That's funny. Remember the early, um, like late 90s, early 2000s? And maybe, like, maybe, maybe early 2000 knots, um, maybe persisting, like, fear of, like, oh, it's like, never, um, never, uh, never trust that the person you're talking to in the chat room, it really is a 16 year old girl because it's a 40 year old man or cat something fishing. like that. Exactly. This sort There's of like catfishing.
1: And a documentary and There's a TV an show. MTV I think about
0: show. It. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The, um, but, like, you know, this, this as a threat, like, at, at first, the idea um, in like early early internet life right was that hey there are people out there posing as something that they aren't and this is like perverted and creepy and scary and and literally threatening in a way now, now the sure. flip
1: side of that is probably the to some degree the opposite you know
0: well people um, are able to like i express feel like themselves.
1: i feel like a blue wolf you know i feel like you know and, and i'm gender fluid and i should be able to do these things you know or be this thing yeah and then if we look at you know popular games like fortnite where um you know i want to be john wick or i want to be wolverine (laughs) or i want to be you know i just want to have blue hair or i want to be a wolf or i want to be you know it's like uh i think we're only going to see that kind of level of like uh yeah with games that don't have a specific um narrative that writes you as the player into a main character role that doesn't have enough wiggle room to be whatever sex, gender, um, race, by race, I mean, you know, if you're um, a robot, or a dog, or a human, or a cyborg, or, you know, I I don't know. Um, I think you're going to have, you know, some limited wiggle room, but as games can say, like, well, technically speaking, this is the game. Your avatar can be whatever. Um, It kind of separates yeah. what I think of, like, separates the hardware from the software, if that makes sense. No, so there, it,
0: there's a really interesting dovetail here to, like, an earlier conversation we had that was all about um, the the growing basic expectation of customizing the user interface. We were, like, your your example was the ability to customize a table throughout, uh, through an a-, throughout a web app where you can say, like, I want this column and this column, but not this column. Um, we ended up with a term for it, Uh, like a like like operator agnosticism or something like that but you know it's the same principle that is just going to scale to avatar and to like presentation and there's going to be like instances where like the linear the linear story matters in this specific way and like you're you're going to tell the story of like some um uh soldier uh in you know mid 2000s Fallujah, right? So I'm thinking about like six days in Fallujah. That was um, like, you're going to be kind of like shoehorned into at least probably a gender, right? If not like a specific race, depending on who they're showing. But there's the other side where these kind of like sandboxes where, um, the expectation that you can just be whomever. Definitely. Is with only Mass going, going to. Or like yeah, Starfinder
1: yeah. or just like future science fiction. It's like, it's like Star I'm, Trek a, I'm a fucking slug yeah.
0: human. Yeah. Like, I'm a Solarium, right? Like, a, <laughs> um, but it's, it's one of those things where, like, you know, why, you know, it's just. Yeah. It's I'm the actually, normalization of like being someone different not even permanently after like other than the person that you were born. Maybe, maybe you, maybe in the future you switch gender several times throughout your life. You know, um, something like that seems really I think, appealing.
1: I think that happens now. Like I think, oh, sure. yeah. so essentially like um, two examples that come to mind is like people don't have it. Okay. So this is the thing that I think that as UXers and it doesn't matter if you're making software services or you're a game um, Uh, a user experience person that's working on games. I think you have to realize you're working with people and people want to express themselves in different ways. And people want to, um, are going to want different things out of games. Right. And so you're walking along and Cora, the avatar becomes a lesbian. Mm -hmm. People flip out. Iceman (laughs) is now gay. Um, yeah. And people, and I love how they explain that in the comic books to where, they went back in time and brought the first X-Men team forward in time. And they're, like, in today's society. And there's a more acceptance or more inclusivity. And Iceman was like, I'm gay. And he goes to the older Iceman, who's, like, in his 40s now. And he's like, are you not? If I'm you from the past. And he's like, I guess I am. I've just always kind of pushed it down. And sure, sure. Never even thought about it. And uh, people may not realize. but Everyone doesn't have, like the guidebook or the tutorial, right? <laughs> like, so to life. So I think people will realize along the way, like if they're, um, if they have an attraction they didn't have before, or if they may feel a different way to where they're not their same gender or, or sex. And I think as UXers, the thing that, that kind of encapsulates this, which is realizing, Hey, I always think um, I go always kind of like the, the user when they talk about the users, it sounds like they're a dirty drug addict, right? <laughs> but it's like they're people. Like, your job is to advocate for people, and people want to express themselves in different ways. And, you know, I think um, I was completely blown away, like, when I see, like, advances in user interfaces. And I think, like, the very first time I ever played Secret of Mana, and I saw, like, the Ring navigation system. I'm not sure if you've ever played Secret of Mana. Um, But it has this ring navigation system. I'm like, this is the future. Like, this is literally like amazing because it's just different than what everything else. It's not bootstrap, right? It's something that um, feels different and works different and you have to learn it, but then it kind of really is fluid and works and you can fly through it, right? It's just like the keyboards that are like the different design keyboards, I feel. So I guess my point being is that Pride Month kind of, excel, you know, celebrating inclusivity celebrating diversity um you know i think we need to just empower people to express themselves in the the way that they uh, want to and we're just going to see more and more of that in social media we're going to see more of it in games and we're going to see more of it um in any type of product or service that people use
0: well said Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Games podcast. To connect with your hosts, Michael or Tim, please go to designthinkinggames.com, where you can request topics, ask questions, or see what else is going on. Until next time, game on.